Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello guys, welcome to another session of questions and answers. This is the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. And today, as we do every Tuesday at 5 p.m., we do these live Q&As where we bring questions that we've been collecting for the last week and also questions that we received during a live session. And for sure, we're also going to be discussing a, any type of news that we encounter in the Amazon space, e-commerce, anything in general that we think that for sure is going to be beneficial for you when it comes to scaling and growing your brand on Amazon. Okay, so I'm going to start a, today's a session by bringing some of the questions we've been receiving for the last week or so. And then in the meantime, I'm going to allow the audience as we as they start getting connected. So you guys can start preparing your questions and you can also throw them during this live session. Okay. Uh, before I start today's episode, as I do every week, I would like to remind you to check our episode that just dropped yesterday, Monday, with Johnny Masor from Getida. That episode was amazing. We talk about everything that has to do with using your Amazon reimbursements to make money. I mean, it was surprising during that episode how we were discussing how how many people leave money on the table, to be honest, because the reality is that whenever you use, a, a, basically, you start selling on Amazon, right? It's normal that Amazon is going to make mistakes, right? Mistakes when it comes to dealing with your inventory, uh, shipping your units to customers, returns, uh, measure, measuring the dimensions and weight of units incorrectly, which is going to make you pay uh, basically FBA fees that are not correct when it comes to your product. So all these things were very interesting and just the amount of money that you can easily leave on the table without using software, um, basically solutions as Getida is, is really surprising. So for sure, get in touch with Getida. I'm going to be leaving the link in the description. They actually gave us a exclusive promotion. You get $400 uh, for free claims. That means if once you connect with them and you get in touch with our team and they make an audit on, the, on your account and they can identify that basically $400 or so are a, need to be rewarded towards you and get refunded. You get that free of charge and you're not going to get a, you don't need to pay anything in exchange. So definitely give it a try. There's no risk involved and 100% recommended. Okay. So yes so i'm gonna start bringing some of the questions so i can make sure i cover all of them on today's session because remember last week i didn't have time to do so so i'm gonna start bringing some of them and for sure uh, feel free to ask for any clarification or anything while i cover the answer for those okay so i think the first question of the day how to determine which color to sell first for a variation okay so this one has uh, to do for sure for most people uh, joining today uh, whenever you want to sell a product that basically has different colors i mean as the question says right and this you're going to encounter this happening a lot uh, 
happening, for example, in pros, uh, let's say you're selling as the, uh, the example I usually like to bring to the table, which is about a water bottle, right? You want to jump into the water bottle market, which, by the way, don't jump, is very competitive and saturated. But the water bottle uh, market, um, let's say uh, for sure there are different colors, right? Um, sometimes not even colors. I mean, this question for sure is specifically to the color itself, but it can be the design, it can be the shape, so many things that can be the variation of a product itself. And it's difficult when you are trying to enter those niche because the reality is that you're going to encounter yourself on a situation that basically uh, you don't know which color or variation to start with, right? And the reason is very simple because you're going to encounter that some of them may have 10, 15, 20 variations. And let's say your budget is limited. It's going to be very difficult for you to launch all those variations at once. And it's also not advisable to do so, right? Because you don't understand for the market yet. And it's going to bring a lot of logistics issues at the beginning. So it's better to maximum start with one, two, or three, I would say, variations when you're launching a product. Say that uh, the way you identify which color to surface for a variation or or whatever is the variation, not just color, it can be as I say, a size, a design, anything that has to basically a different iteration of the product itself. You're gonna go to Amazon yourself, you're gonna go to a product that you wanna sell, and you for sure are gonna identify a competitor that offers more than one variation, right? That's basically gonna resemble your iteration. And what you're gonna do on that is that once you identify basically um, the product that is very similar to what you want to sell and has the same variations. Based on that, you want to then go to the reviews, right? So you can use a tool, for example, as a, such as Healing's Hand, that's going to allow you to extra, to analyze the reviews of a competitor. And based on those reviews, you can analyze which variation has the most reviews, right? Because it's going to tell you the review to which async it belongs to, right? And which variation itself. So based on that, you can basically make an assumption, right? Let's say a product has 1,000 reviews and the and let's say the water bottle, as this example, has five colors, right? And let's say you identify that the red color, right, has 300 reviews, right? Or let's say 400 reviews and the other 600 reviews are divided into the other four colors, right? So then by simple math, you can easily make an educated guess because at the end of the day, for sure, this is using data and you're using an estimation based on your findings, right? So let's identify that the red color is the one that has 400, right? Reviews, you can easily imply that that's the color that sells the most, right? Another thing I like to do is I like to do reverse async, right? Reverse async of that a uh, product that resembles what you want to sell the mo uh, that you want to sell, right? That is the closest to the product you want to sell, and then you want to find what are the keywords where this product is on page one, right? So why do you want to do that? Remember, guys, that when you have a listing with variations, what is going to happen is that Amazon is going to automatically most of the time just show the color and the variation of that listing that sell the most, and basically the the sales history that brought that list in the first place to rank in the first a uh, page for that keyword. So that means if let's say you then identify um, the keywords uh, behind your product, once you go to the main uh, uh, keywords that are ranking on page one, and you identify that the color is always consistently across those main keywords is let's say again, the color red, you can easily imply that the red color is the one that sold the most, right? So then you can use this data to then understand, okay, let's say I still wanna launch three colors, then you wanna say, okay, I'm going to start, let's say, um, 
with the red color first, right? Uh, let's say I want out the 1,000 units as a simple, to make the math simple, right? And you want to launch the red one, the white one, red one, white one, and yellow, right? So based on the numbers that you identify from your reviews, you can easily say, okay, I'm going to allocate half of my inventory, right, of 40% of my inventory to the red color, and the remaining one among the other colors. And this, for sure, is always an estimation, guys. Remember that this, the, the way we calculate which colors sell the most at the end of the day is based on the reviews and this tip I just advised. But I always uh, also recommend you that you do for the diligences uh, also maybe explore the other uh, trends outside of amazon maybe you can go let's say to etsy pinterest ebay other website other marketplaces and also try to find the trainer among what are the colors the shapes whatever is the variation that is around that type of product and identify what people usually talks on the comments and things like that that are looking the most when it comes to deciding which variation to purchase okay Great. Uh, we got a comment here. Hello, Ryan. How are you doing? This is not a question, but uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the support, Ryan. Uh, by the way, I saw your news. Uh, wish you all the best. I know you're not doing an amazing job, whatever is your new venture. Okay, let's keep in touch. Great. Um, let's say which other question we got in here. So next question, how often should I negate keywords on my Amazon PPC campaigns, right? So negating keywords is always an interesting topic because as we all know, whenever it comes to uh, using negative keywords, it can be very, it can have um, a negative effect as well when it comes to using them. Because I think most people think that when using negative keywords, most of the time that's gonna give you a benefit, but the reality is it can be very harmful, right? Because I'm gonna give an example, uh, we identify once, right? I'm going to put again the example of water bottle, right? So this guy was selling a water bottle, water bottle and he was running a automatic campaigns, right? What happened with the automatic campaign, right, is that a, one of the keywords that was always popping up on that campaign was water bottle, right? Um, and the thing with water bottle is a super relevant keyword when it comes to basically that product because at the end of the day, a water bottle is what describes 100% the product. So this customer not just had the automatic campaign, actually he also had an Excel broad and phrase, which is a typical broad um, keyword match that most people have on those campaigns, right? So he negated that keyword across all his campaigns. It was a huge mistake because first of all, you are losing all the potential traffic, which you may get from that keyword, which for sure, you might not be profitable from day one because that's a super competitive keyword, but still you don't want to give the signal to Amazon that you don't care about that keyword at all, right? You still want to keep some traffic coming up on that keyword. So what would be the best plan of action in this scenario would easily be just reduce the bids to a point that it doesn't gonna burn all your budget. It's not gonna consume every single day all the money that you have allocated over PPC, but it's still gonna allow you to get some uh, clicks around the day at a cheaper rate, right? So usually when you lower the bids, what is gonna happen most of the time, you're gonna see that your traffic is gonna start spreading out when it comes to the consumption of this budget. You're gonna see that most of the time during the morning, midday, it might not spend that much, but usually afternoon towards the night is gonna spend more. And the, uh, the reason behind that is very simple because most of the people is gonna waste, no waste, I mean, it's gonna consume all their budget by the uh, afternoon, right? And afternoon night, most people don't have enough budget left. And when you have a lower bid, you might get cheaper clicks and you might over time, a transformer keyword 
from being unprofitable to profitable. And at the same time, you're still getting that traffic, which is relevant to your product. And the few sales that you may get through that keyword, even if they're not profitable, still they're contributing towards your organic ranking. So be careful how you guys use ne uh, negative keywords. I have seen even people even going the uh, step further, right? And they're even using what we call a basically um, um, negative neg phrase a negative, right? So you have exact negative and you have a phrase negative. Phrase negative is even more powerful. So I would say the only way you should always use a negating keywords and so is when for sure you can identify that the keyword is super irrelevant, right? So for example, going back to the water bottle, if you're selling a water bottle, right? And the keyword that keeps coming up, right? It's a cup, cup, white cup, red cup, whatever is the keyword. I just took some water to <laughs> take the opportunity of, of grabbing the cup. Um, then for sure you want to get the keyword because there is no potential at all, right? But if the keywords are relevant, guys, and still you see they're unprofitable, don't think that the only solution is to negate it because it might be that just on that instant, that period of history of your product, that keyword is not performing. It might be due to having lower reviews, not competitive enough when it comes to uh, pricing. It might be too, com too much competition coming in the space during that period. So keep, uh, be calm. Yeah, make sure you lower those bits and potentially as you see that's a getting some traffic and still eventually that keyword generating some sales, then try to increase a bit again. Okay, hopefully that is helpful for you. Great, next question. Uh, will adding keywords to my A plus content help my indexing issues? Yes, uh, when it comes to indexing issues, uh, I mean, the f first of all, the first thing that you should always check when it comes to having um, indexing issues is that you need to make sure that um, you're using the right uh, category when it comes to your listing, right? So number one mistake we see when whenever you're having issues when it comes to indexing um, is that you need to make sure that this category and the subcategory of your listing is on the right, uh, is on the right one, right? So many times when you have an indexing issue, let's say you're selling again a water bottle, which usually should be on the sports section. It might be that you have, let's say, a, I don't know, outdoor category. You have baby category. I mean, so many crazy things we have seen. And that is going to give you a lot of headache when it comes to indexing, right? Very simple because you're not relevant enough for those keywords. So first thing to check, category, right? Once you check that and you still want to make sure you want to uh, index for keywords, right? A plus content for sure is also a nice place to add keywords. First of all, for sure, make sure you cover the most of it inside of bullet point description search terms. Once you have those areas well covered and optimized, for sure, make sure you also migrate some of the main keywords and keywords that you are not able to cover on your A plus content. We have found that for sure adding keywords to your A plus content, even the, the text that you add when you add a, an image on the A plus content, it helps with indexing. So use all the arsenal that Amazon gives at your disposal, make sure you make the most out of it and make sure that you're very careful when it comes to using the right keywords because at the end of the day you're going to make sure it indexes you for the right keywords right great question by the way um next question what kind of campaigns do you recommend for a new listing okay 
for a new listing, very simple. When you're getting started, uh, the, the campaigns we usually recommend are the automatic campaign, the broad match, fresh, fresh match, and exact match. And then, of course, if your budget is even broader, you can also add some product targeting into it. You want to make sure that on these initial campaigns, you are very uh, focused towards your, uh, towards the cues you want to target. And what I mean by this is don't think that when you're launching your initial campaigns, you need to cover all the keywords that exist in, 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 on Amazon related to your product because sometimes that actually can even harm you, right? Because what happens if you try to target too many keywords at the same time, you don't know yet which keywords perform the best. And you don't also want to basically... Uh, attribute negative performance metrics towards your product, right? Having bad conversions and so on. So that means at the beginning, try to start with medium keywords in terms of a competition and also high opportunity, right? So what do I mean by this? Let's say, uh, again, you are selling a water bottle, right? If you go by the key water bottle on day one, for sure you're gonna spend hundreds of dollars on clicks and most likely your conversions are gonna be very low. So instead, let's say that your water bottle is made for people to do hiking, right? A higher opportunity chance with a, a medium search volume for sure is gonna be something along the line, water bottle for hiking, water bottle for people uh, that like, I mean, you know, hiking involved on that keyword on the main one, which is water bottle, or any other uh, variation of that main keyword. And basically, is that is what we call long tail keywords. And basically, those are ramification from your seed keyword, which is usually the most competitive keyword, right? So you want to make sure you target those keywords very heavy on day one, because those are the ones that search volume is still very high in terms of uh, that are important for your product. But at the same time, competition is not as high. It's not as saturated as, saturated as for example, water bottle, right? Then as you start getting momentum, for sure, that first of all is also going to attribute and help you with ranking towards your main keyword. Because remember, guys, that it's also another misconception, I get that people think that if you target just long tail keywords and, and keywords with less competition, that's not going to rank you high enough on your when it comes to your main keywords. And remember that as long as you have your listing very well optimized, again, this is always making the assumption that your listings were very well optimized that is also going to help you position your product on those keywords, regardless of the sell coming from a long tail keyword. If you have, let's say on this example, water bottle on your title, just the single, just, just by the simple fact that you have water bottle on the title, right? And you're generating sales through PPC and through organic sales, that's also going to give some ranking juice to your main keyword. So don't think that you always need to bring sales through PPC through that specific keyword to rank on page one for that keyword, okay? But in summary, yes, start with automatic, broad, phrase, exact, and product targeting if you can. When it comes to product targeting, for sure, make one, one, one nice strategy that I like to do, actually two strategies. The first strategy is I want to make sure that I target products that have a, I'm very competitive when it comes to pricing, offering, and also in, in terms of um, the reviews, right? which at the, again, at the beginning, you're not gonna review. So most likely the, the first two points are the most important ones, right? Which is make sure you have, a, let's say you're selling a bundle that nobody else sells. That's already a competitive advantage. And let's say your price is very competitive. Let's say you are offering three water bottles for the price of what most people do too. That's a price advantage. So take those things to determine your list of competitors to target product targeting. 
But the second strategy, which I see most people not doing, is targeting new competition as well, right? Remember, guys, everybody that's new on the market when it comes to a specific niche is doing exactly what you're doing, right? It's driving high, high traffic when it comes to PPC, high traffic when it comes to external traffic, basically everything that most people do when you launch a product. And that means a lot of eyeballs are on all those fresh new listings. So what do I do? I identify the last, uh, for the last, let's say 15 to 30 days, what are the new listings, which for example, with tools such as a Song Guru and Helium Team, you can find, you're gonna find the creation date. You sort that by creation date and you, and you target those, right? So that is gonna allow you to then target people that is giving you free traffic and a cheaper cost per click because most people is not targeting these competitors and you can easily take sales from them because when they compare them against you, Maybe both of you have almost no reviews, but again, you may have a, a better offering, better price, things that I already mentioned. So implement that strategy, and I'm sure it's gonna help you when it comes to a combining pro targeting with the typical exact phrase, a broad and automatic targeting, which again, I'm not gonna go in depth when it comes to the structure because that's, can become very technical and, and make this whole session very long, but I, I made a very useful video on my YouTube channel, which you can find uh, on the links below or just go by YouTube it comes in, and you're gonna find what I use when it comes to PPC, okay? Great, let's see which other question we got in here. And how to reach out to influencers? Yeah, this is a good question. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen me out there mentioning how Amazon Live, uh, influencer marketing, external traffic is very important when it comes to, you know, uh, dealing with creating a strategy besides the typical PPC and so on, because the reality is nowadays PPC is not enough anymore. So you, you always want to have some hybrid approach when it comes to traffic and the way you advertise your products. And that's why I, I like to bring a lot to the table things such as Amazon Live, influencer marketing and so on. Now, dealing with influencers is very tricky, guys. Uh, the reality is not easy to deal with this task. And more if you are a one-man band, right? Because reaching out to these people, waiting for them to answer you back, then negotiating, it takes tons of time, right? So I would advise if for the, all of you out there that for sure cannot pay an agency to help you with those operations, right? For example, we do that, but again, it's an expensive service because it's a process that takes time, a lot of systems, communication going forth. So, you know, the whole deal, right? So if that's something that for sure you want to handle yourself, we would advise you to do also a combination of using a lot of tools out there. I mean, one of the tools that we use is, for example, Upfluence. In Upfluence, you can find influencers, right? You can find influencers, try to negotiate with them and try to create content, uh, promotions, you know, different strategies to drive traffic to your listings. And then Upfluence is just one of them. I mean, there are a ton of them. Uh, I'm not gonna name them all because it's at the end of the day, it's also based on personal preference. I would advise you to taste all of them and see which platform you like the most, the, because all of them are very different, very, sorry, very similar in, in essence, in terms of how they provide you the influencers, but they have different features, like the way you communicate, also the pricing structure when it comes to the tool itself. So give it a try and see which one fits the most, right? So that's the first approach. And the other one I will also advise is um, as you start building some revenue and as 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 the revenue allows you to basically uh, 
scale the operations of your business, I would advise you to either hire an agency to help you with that or also build your own systems in-house, right? So for example, what you can easily do is hire a VA, right? Or uh, to help you with all the operations when it comes to deal to, uh, with influencers. You can give them the criteria you're looking for when it comes to influencers. You can give them SOPs, the messages, how to reply, what can, how to negotiate. And that ha can help you a lot, right? Because you can have basically a person every single day finding influencers for your brand and you are just the person that proves the person to just do the contract and make the payment, right? So start for sure first with the is uh, all these websites that do all that for you because it's cheaper at uh, a uh, lower scale. But as you start to grow for sure, you want to have a person do that for you, an agency, because you've, you want to start building some kind of a uh, brand ambassadors for your brand, right? And just hire one time a, a fee a influencer to do a specific post on their site, right? Because the reality is that people can also see through that. And if if you just keep paying random people and you don't start building like a lawyer communication and also, you know, I will say, yeah, for sure, having always the same faces around your brand is going to help you significantly, right? So you don't just want to have random TikTokers, YouTubers and so on. I would prefer much much more to have people that really believe in your product that are really in love with your vision things like that and most of the time the only way you can reach that is dealing directly with them which is a process that takes much more time as explained so give it a try all methods are valid some of them as i already mentioned need more time more budget so put all that on a balance and see what works best for you okay great so Let's see which other question we're going to hear. How to translate listings to other languages? Okay, so when it comes to translating uh, list, uh, listings to other languages, uh, it's very important, guys, that you don't assume that translation is just a one-time thing. Um, it's just also something that you can do by Google Translation. I have seen those mistakes happening over and over and over again, right? So the one-time thing, what I'm referring to is that I see a lot of people just using the translation that is done once by Amazon, the thing that's good enough. And that guy is super bad is translation. I mean, eh, yeah, I will never advise you to use those translations. I will instead actually eh, advise you to analyze the market you're looking to sell on. Let's say, for example, you're selling in the States, right? You're selling in the States and you want to migrate for let's say Germany, right? And you think that just by translating everything to German, that's gonna be okay. And the first mistake they do is implying that the audience is the same, which is number one mistake. Never do that. You need to do listing localization, right? Sometimes that uh, one of uh, my friends, Omar from Margin Business Talks have a lot, which listing localization means you need to understand first of all, what is the audience you want to say to? You want to understand what is the language, how they mention certain key A words, some sayings, if they like the type of product that you are bringing to their specific niche, because at the end of the day, it's another country. All those things you need to understand it and transmit that on a written form. Second thing you, you need to also avoid is just doing software translation based, like using Google tra uh, translation or things like that use a person that's a real translator because there are some keywords, there are some way of saying things that sometimes uh, tools cannot identify by itself, right? Is 
is just different. It's just sometimes the way you express sentences and the way you redact them are completely different that sometimes software cannot identify that. So make sure you have a proper copywriter that understands the language very well when it comes to German and English. And then once you have those two points, which is understanding first the localization of the listing, which is understanding the niche, their needs, if they're actually interested in your product, first of all, then you progress to having this person that understand the language, in this case, English and German, and also understand the way this should be communicated in a proper way. And the third point, which I think a lot of people miss, is don't just look for a copywriter and a translator. Look for a person that has experience on us Amazon. Because another big mistake, guys, is that not is it's not gonna be beneficial for you that you have the best copy in the world, think reads beautiful. But when it comes to ACO, which means the way the keywords are positioned, covering the whole spectrum of the phrases of your product and so on, if that's not done correctly, right? It can be the best listing when it comes to reading it, right? But at the end of the day, you also want to make sure that you have the most optimization possible to help you position organically within the platform, which is Amazon. So make sure you have a person that understand well how to localize, uh, do listing localization, understand the language very well, if possible, a native person. And third of all, that has experience with Amazon. Because last thing that you want is a person drives everything very beautiful. But when it comes to placing the keywords, they are all over the place or they're not even called the whole spectrum or don't even know how to research the keywords in the first place. Okay. So you had those three points, you should be good to go. Okay. Great. Uh, I think that should be everything for today, guys. Thank you very much for joining me today. Again, it's a pleasure as always. Remember, these sessions are always going to go live every uh, Tuesday at 5 p.m. GMT time. So feel free to join anytime, ask any questions, even ask questions before the session, as I always advise you to do if you don't have time to, to jump in. Because remember that all these sessions as well are going to go recorded on all our channels, right? Such as YouTube, podcasts, all the podcast channels that you already know. So. That means that we could cover your question and you can review it later, right? So yes, uh, thank you once again. Remember to like, share, and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. It helps a lot to keep reaching people like you. And remember, guys, if you are looking for any kind of support, we're offering free consultation. Feel free to join our website and book your termine of free consultation with me or somebody from my team. And we're going to make sure to explore your needs and see if we can support you. Okay. So thank you once again. Have an amazing rest of the week and take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.com.